Today, your historians of hysteria looks at a cult leader and a cult that rose from nothing to command a billion dollar organization with tens of thousands of devoted followers, indoctrinating his followers with boiling water baths, drinking his dirty bath water, drinking his blood, and kidnapping kin. Join us as the Something Perplexing podcast looks at Shoko Ashara and the Om Shinriko cult. Everything was already mispronounced, guys. I miss it. Well, I'm Patricia. I needed to mispronounce my name as well. <laughs> I am Khalid. Khalid? Khalid. That's how they say it in that country. This is a. Uh, I feel like you wish nice that name is a. Um, I don't know. Um, it's Omo Shenrikyo. Omo I mean, that's, that's a, a very white version of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, new cult is actually the um, the Aum cult, right? Alice. The rebranded name. Alice. The Alice cult. The Alice, like same like teachings. The land? No. Yeah. Where we start with this guy, man, it, it, it starts with a man. It starts with a man called Shoko. Um, a man in what country? Where, where is he from? Shoko Ashara was born Shizu Masimoto. All right. I think he was born in March 2nd, 1959, born in Japan. Japan. I love Japan. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna again. I'm gonna kill the name. Um, I don't have the exact location in Japan that he was born, but I know he I was born into a pretty poor family. Yes, very poor. He his <laughs> father was a weaver of tatami mats. That's a one person um, income. You know yes. what I mean? If you're doing yeah. that back in those days, and you even those mats yeah and supporting a family of what was what like five or six i think it was like he had like uh it was oh forgive me yeah it was like about five kids he had oh whoa yeah he shikoro eventually went on to father 12 children I didn't even know that. I'm actually so embarrassed. I had never heard of this cult. And you guys know that cults are my vibe. That, that's your thing. You know what? You know what blew me away with this cult, right? So I tell you, it 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 makes so much money, dude. It was like a billion dollar level cult. And the starting of this thing, and this is what fascinates International me. cult. International cult, right? Well, when I say international, like from what I was looking at, it had a lot of, um, what do you call it? A lot of Asian countries was basically involved in it. And Russia. And Russia. But I hear like the majority of Russian followers of the cult right now, they're in the rebranded cult. So the, the I allegedly guess, good, good version of the cult but still under a terrorist watch list right in some countries this is considered a terrorist organization yeah let's let's talk more about him as a little kid and as a young adult and what led him yeah because that was fascinating to to the beginning 
Let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. So he, as a child, he actually attended a boarding school for the blind. And he actually wasn't blind. He didn't have good eyesight, but he wasn't completely blind. And oh. I'm not saying this is the reason he became a bully, but he became somewhat of a bully. Um, he definitely always had that air of like, I'm better. I can he, see. What a dick. <laughs> Well, I think he had one wicked eye and one completely blind, blind eye. So, is that the case? Yeah. Okay. Like what Khalil is saying, like, you know, in the land of the blind, the man with one eye. This is like the movie The Ringer. You ever seen The Ringer with Johnny Knoxville? No. Where he pretends to be oh, the handicapped. He wins yes. the Olympics in the Special Olympics. This is our guy right here. How do you got to watch that movie? Right, yeah, it sounds like something I definitely want to watch. <laughs> it sounds like not... feel good, a feel-good movie. Um, <laughs> so in a room full of blind people, he definitely had the advantage. And so he actually at one point goes ahead and applies for medical school, and he doesn't get it, right? He's, he's already an older person. He graduates in 1975. He does not get into medical school but he had studied acupuncture and pharmacology so he opens up this pharmacy and in short he's kind of selling fake concoctions that don't really do anything he's targeting them like they're they're healing like they have healing elements but they actually don't and so he's actually arrested in 1982 and he's convicted for fraud and then his his business goes belly up so what does one do when your business goes belly up. Go to Disney Look World. To God. Close. Very, yes. What? He didn't go to Disney World, but he went to the Himalayas. And he said, <laughs> I'm... <laughs> Which is like the Disney of nature, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. And so while he's on this spiritual journey in the Himalayas, he somehow shapeshifts, morphs himself into some kind of a guru. He's like, into Yoda. Into Yoda? <laughs> into yoga. <laughs> Maybe Yoda, too. Yeah, Who he knows? is like a Yoda, dude. <laughs> and he just tells his family, like, peace out. I'm going on a two-year journey. And that's it. Yeah. And so he had problems with Japanese Buddhism. He, he, he wanted to incorporate the the elements, the Hindu elements and stuff like that. So he had a problem with the way that Japan viewed Buddhism and he created this philosophy that integrated uh, Buddhism without the Japanese aspects. That's, I guess, a conversation for a different day with Hindu deities. And then he took from Christianity, he took Armageddon. So that's, I mean, that's all the... The, the beginnings of a doomsday cult. So he takes the Armageddon. Book of, book of Revelation. That was the that Book was of the Revelation. Main, yeah, the main, and the main also, go to. And also, he took parts of Nostradamus yes. into his teachings, also, right? Yeah. Yeah. You were going there, Patty. Sounds, sounds, no, I wasn't, but sounds. <laughs> Okay, okay. Sounds, he was, yeah, but apparently, he went, he, he picked and choose to create this whole thing, but it had like, a religion that he was basing it off to. Like it had something that had already existed and I forget the name of it, but 
it was Buddhism, but just not Japanese Buddhism. Okay. Right? I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think so too, but I'd read some other name, dude. I can't remember the name though. Shit. He had a dissatisfaction with Japanese Buddhism, so he found Tibetan and Theravada Buddhist teachings. Oh, he related he related to those. So he wanted to create that space where it focused, Buddhism focused on that, which in Japan was not prevalent. Mm. And really the goal of, of this, if you want to call it a religion, was to gain enlightenment. enlightenment. But it was so based a lot on religion. fear. Sorry, buddy, go ahead. Sorry, no, go ahead. It, based, it was based on what? I was just thinking it was like very fear driven and it had like a very big emphasis on the end of times and world war three the possibility of world war three and world war three yeah. yeah where he got smart i mean i think he's smart but more than smart i i believe he was charming doesn't look charming in pictures but i believe he was charming where he got really smart was in his recruiting uh to recruit members to this group of his where he became somewhat of a Buddha, somewhat of a Christ figure too. And, and he became really, really just, he focused, he put his eye on the prize. <laughs> was this considered like the religion of the, the rich? At one, at, at, eventually it had transitioned like to that. Yeah, exactly. Like a hundred percent. So now he got back from the Himalayas, right? After that two years stint, he have the idea of this thing. And I think like you, you, you underselling the, the charismatic nature of the dude. Like apparently he was super charismatic, like, like Hitler level charismatic. <laughs> yeah. Like he would, he'll spin a yarn and people would gather around. I hear like when he had start preaching the, the, the tenets of his new religion, it start on your road, man. Like he was a side street preacher. Like uh, one of those crazy people on the sides of the streets, and that is how he start off. It's a rags to riches to murderous riches story. I'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A rags to murder story. Like, so he start off on this particular um, street corner preaching, and then he like start gaining followers, and then he start off a little church. And he started getting more people. And that's when he, we, we get to the point now where he started to recruit college students, right? Yeah. And I think in order for us to understand why this is so significant, I think we have to understand that Japan is really, really focused on education. Uh, they spend a lot more time in school than they do in the U.S. I think it's something like a third or a fourth longer than we do. So there's a very big focus on Japan on yeah. education. There's also a very, very big focus, and we talked about this when we did the Okikahara Forest, there's a really big focus on family. There's not a lot of pride in being an individual and being different. And so I think a lot of these kids who were very, very smart, because he was targeting very intelligent kids, felt out of place in a place that is very focused on community and unity. And I think that's big on anybody that's looking to recruit in a cult, find those people that aren't necessarily fitting in, but are looking to fit in. And I think that's something that he really did smart. 
Yeah. He had his niche market, buddy. He had his niche market set up. He started getting so into with- these guys. And, and again, bro, like you, 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 you need to like think if this guy appealing to people who in like college and stuff like that, he had to have something going on. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a vulnerable population. So he's spinning a yard to this vulnerable group of people who lonely isolated by themselves. Like a Socrates of of Japan for the 1980s. Yeah. Teacher on the corner saying stuff. Plus he blind. Plus, you know, it had like the imagery in terms of this dude bringing something is you real. know what i was when i was reading about this you know what i kept thinking about fight club right <laughs> i kept thinking about like these outcasts meeting up and then they weren't beating each other up but it was like the sense of belonging and then i went down the rabbit hole and i was like oh my god was fight club a cult but that's a different conversation for a different day. But when I kept reading this, I kept wait, thinking. Wait, wait, wait. We, we need to explore that for two seconds. Is Fight Club a cult? I don't know. I've read the book and I've watched the movie multiple times. And I think I'm going to reread the book. I'm reading something right now. But when I finish, I think I'm going to reread it from a different like perspective now that I'm an adult. Um, Fight Club is such better. a cult. I, like, I never think about that scene, man. I'll, I'll Google that later and see what Google has to say about it. Did you ever watch Fight Club? I did, yeah. Actually, there's a Fight Club downtown Miami. It's called well, Fight Club. It's, it's not the same. Not really. <laughs> no, no. I've seen the movie. It's a gym. <laughs> it's a gym. I thought you were serious, dude. I thought you had to know about some kind of underground fight club in the streets of Miami. But also, I think it's, I'm sure there's that too, but I'm sure there's more fight clubs throughout Miami, dude. I don't think there's just one color. Hmm. Hmm. But anyway. Fight Club was that called, dude? Goddamn. Maybe. Edward Norton and um and Brad Pitt was very, very charismatic. Like even Edward Norton. <laughs> yes. I would believe anything Edward Norton tell me. I would believe anything Brad Pitt says. <laughs> I haven't made a Brad Pitt reference in a while, so it's here. There it is. Yeah, Brad Pitt in Fight Club. It was like. It, it was impressive. It was like, oh man, I need to do a push-up. <laughs> like for real. It was it was like, oh man, I got need to do a push-up and never go to IKEA again. Yeah. F IKEA, you know? <laughs> Don't put me in a box. And is it that easy to make yeah. candles, dude? Like I want to make candles now. I'm pretty sure it's very easy to make candles. <laughs> Were they making candles in, in Fight Club? Yeah, he was making candles from people fat. Oh, I forgot. I didn't see that. I remember that part. I gotta watch it. it again. I, yeah, I did actually again. make candles at one point. It was like a little under the counter job I was doing, and it was in a dude apartment, and I was like making candles. Oh yes, mm-hmm. there's a lot of surprises that I'll throw out to you guys. Oh, uh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you were making candles in a dude's apartment? It was like somebody's <laughs> apartment, and it was like it wasn't. It wasn't candles. It was lotion. It was like personal lotion. It was like hand lotions. And oh, when you said personal, it sounded sexual. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it had that slant too, because I was just down a- to help make the lotions, right? Did you get a massage with that lotion? No, uh, massages oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Just sampling it out, you know? Like, but no, 
It was, it was, it was very shady. And it was like big pots. I'm the glad you're still s- alive. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. The place would smell really good though. Like it oh. would smell like. Oh my candy. god! I thought you were gonna say bad. <laughs> no, it would smell great because it would smell like scented candles and okay. you know fragrant body lotion. What's his name? Suave. <laughs> Jurgen. No. Mr. No. Jurgen. No, no. Mr. Johnson and Johnson. Mr. Johnson and Johnson. I feel like we make a left turn off the. Uh, yeah, we sure uh, did. <laughs> let's, go, let's go back to Shoko Asahara. Not the Tokyo. Where we at right now? This is like around 1980 something. Yeah. So the in cult 19... itself starting to pick up steam at this point, right? Yeah. So and followers. It becomes like an official religious group in 1989 in Japan. And Ooh. at this point, he's really peaking picking up speed he's writing books he's doing talks i think at first this seemed like not that it was going to go where it went i think it seemed like oh this is you know like khalid said for rich people for smart people this is the religious movement we follow and at its peak it had tens of thousands of followers across the globe nice let me tell you somebody, um, and like by 1989, when it became like an official cult, sorry, an official religion, and they start getting more followers. By that point, a guy was already murdering people, dude. Like people who is like questioning, and this is somebody murders I hear. I hear he murder. Or he had his his like people murder. A he was he was connected to the what is the crime syndicate in Japan yeah. called the big one? Yakuza. Yakuza. So this guy wasn't just recruiting the smartest of the smart and people with money. He was actively getting people involved that could help him fulfill his mission of destroying lives. Yeah, not just destroying lives, and then life on earth. As we know it. We're talking about Armageddon. This yeah. dude ambition was not small, dude. It was like full destruction of it type of ambition this guy had. So he, he was just doing a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Just trying to bring it about on his own. Yes. With what he was doing. Yes. But like during the course that he recruit, like I tell you, he would indoctrinate certain people I read. He would like have them drink his blood he would have them drink, like he would take baths and have them um, drink the bath water. He wouldn't just have them drink his blood. During the trials, one person came out and said that he paid more than the U.S. equivalent of over $8,000 for a blood initiation. And that's where he drank the blood. So he wasn't just having, it wasn't like, here, drink my blood. It was like, pay me $8,000 and then drink my blood. Ooh. Hmm. Nice. So you okay. had to pay your way up to get that particular rank. You know what I mean? Hmm. There are certain groups like that right now where you need to pay to go. What do you know, Isa? No, I just saying. I got certain groups right now. Okay. Certain groups, buddy. Certain, mm-hmm. certain mm-hmm. scientific groups. <laughs> that you got paid the levels to keep going up, dude. Yeah, wow, I wonder what you could be talking about. <laughs> yeah, what scientific 
group are you talking about there? <laughs> I, I have an I'm idea. Saying, I love Tom Cruise. I love Florida, right? <laughs> I love John Travolta. Just saying. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I don't think we have um enough followers to get in any trouble with this particular group. We need to get like a I couple mean, thousand. I know if followers. we had like three million, they would care. But yeah, at they would point, care. At this point, not so much. But it is, gonna... it is, and we should do like a whole uh, pod on Scientology, dude, for real. What if an entire cult decides to follow us? Like we get an entire cult following of just not, not, not a, for us, but you know, their own cult, and it's like let's follow these guys. And they follow us. Would we charge them, dude? Like, I would want to um, exploit them financially. Yeah. Like, my blood isn't free. Yeah, my no. blood not free. No, man. And, and letting go of your blood is a health benefit also. It's called bloodletting. You ever heard about bloodletting? Yes, I love it. There's blood. a song called Bloodletting that I love. Mm-hmm. How does it go? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'll put it on our, on our stories and I'll send it to you. You'll like it. I promise. Okay. Right. I don't know bloodletting is a thing to do for your health, dude. Yeah, they do it in some, some uh, indigenous tribes do it. You know, they drain your blood just to, like, to, to refresh your insights, I guess. What it is. So this I was guy, having, like, a Google moment. Sorry, uh-huh. go ahead. Uh, this guy was getting his blood drained for his health benefits, I guess. I don't know. Having people drink his dirty blood. He did look like the picture of Paul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was having like a Google moment the other day and I was thinking to myself, wait, when you lose blood or you give blood away, how do you mm-hmm. get that blood back? And regenerates, I, right? Yeah, apparently you like regenerate that. Yeah. I was like, there yeah. you go. Water, some Gatorade, eat some of those candy bars in the corner. You're good to go. And that man ate a lot of candy bars, it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> Giving away a lot of blood. He had to regenerate. He was killing people who was going against the following, dude. He was murdering people, whole families, burying them alive, working with the Yakuza. Um, I hear he, like, had people bathing, boiling water. I hear he was, yeah, like, super boiling, scalding water. He would, like, have certain followers jump in that and, you know, stay and burn themselves. And then I tell you, it was like a, a series of murders, like of followers in the group. I guess tens of thousands upon thousands of people. I wonder if like people was aware of the fact in the cult that he was like murdering people straight out, or if there was just it's a rumor kind of deal. I think when there's that many people, no. I think maybe those closest to him would, but I feel like a lot on the bottom probably wouldn't if you're telling me there's 10 people in the call i'll be like oh yeah they knew but with tens of thousands of people i read somewhere that i think at one point there was an estimated around fifty thousand. there's no way that those fifty thousand people knew that what was going on and that not one of them blurted to someone that that went on or said hey this is wrong hey this is fucked up so i don't think they knew hmm. Hmm. Just the ones that got killed, the ones who kind of knew something close to him. The right. close ones, yeah. But, and now we, to touch on this whole phase that he called, right, before we get to the 90s, he's starting to amass shit. He's starting to amass chemical weapons. He's starting to amass, he, he, he pull off a helicopter, a fighter chopper, 
right? Getting like tanks. He's like getting guns. He's building an army right now. And, and he's yeah. trying to develop chemical weapons. He's, he's getting ready. There's something coming and he's getting ready for it, which makes me think, did he really believe this? I just, I have such an, I struggle with thinking like that cult members really believe, cult leaders, not members, cult leaders really believe what they're selling. I don't know. He was, get, he was, he was getting, getting ready, definitely. I know when he got his home, home raided, they found all this stuff in his home, right? All this, these chemicals and the, like you said, the helicopter, the arsenal. And that was just, uh, I guess, a tip of it all. Of, of what he had, he had a lot. So was wait, generally easy to get material that he was to make. It was a sarin, right? He was making sarin gas. Yeah, like no, dude, that's like super. Like that's what he was working with the yakuza at the time too. Mm. Like you have no names on that one. Like you know, you have no idea who it was in the yakuza. Nobody could ever talk about that. It just had some sure dudes in the Yakuza was like supply this guy. Pretty sure there's a guy named Lee in there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Thank you for that insight. Very powerful. I hope one of our okay. listeners is not in the Yakuza and named Lee and comes after you. That could uh, contribute to the next um <laughs> the next one star review we get on Apple. Guys. Whoever listed right now, we on Apple Pod, we on Spotify. Drop a positive review, man, because apparently the people are reviewing us right now. Just reviewing it out of hate, out of complete and total hate. And Um, ladies, Khalid will have an OnlyFans soon, so follow that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, should be able to set that up. Join that cult. I, uh, I like seeing you on your OnlyFans page with just like socks up to your knees and just like underwear. And it's very disturbing, no. dude. Like, and I can't get that <laughs> shit out of my head. I'm pitching that right now. No. <laughs> I, will not I, feel like, I feel like his shtick would be hats because you know how he'll wear like different hats? Yeah. Yeah. Left it in the car. I have a good one too, you know. Oh, damn. You have to have a hat on with that sock. Wait, OnlyFans is like TikTok? Is that TikTok? Oh, don't act stupid. You know what OnlyFans is. <laughs> <laughs> OnlyFans is adult entertainment. But you need you need TikTok fed, right? Or you need Twitter for no OnlyFans. Idea. No idea. That you Dude. lost me there. It, it took me a while to figure that out. OnlyFans was like an adult thing. That, but I thought it was like, oh, OnlyFans could join this group. Or OnlyFans could wear this shirt. I'm like, oh, no. uh, people have fans. I'm like, it's cool. No idea. I I do know you need to pay for it, and that's where yes. I draw the line. <laughs> that's, Agreed. That's where I completely draw the line. There's a line. Okay. <laughs> I'm not interested. Dude. There's a <laughs> line in the sand. <laughs> so now we at this particular 1990s. Point, 1990s, dude. And the era of the friends. <laughs> right yeah. friends starting to shoot off on mm-hmm. yep yes when did he carry out these attacks so before the attacks it was in 1995 but before the attacks him and his and his 
culture, they're really preparing for Armageddon. They're convinced that when Armageddon happens, they're going to be the only survivors. Nobody else is going to make it but them. And then in January 17th of 1995, there's a really bad earthquake that strikes a town in central Japan. It's called Kobe. And it's really, really bad. And more than 5,000 people actually end up passing away. And it became the biggest disaster in Japan since World War II. Kobe? Kobe, Japan? Kobe, Japan. Is that where they have the Kobe meat? I, th- I would yeah. assume so. Mm. My Kobe beef is like super expensive, dude. Mm. Yeah. That's like the top rank. I think Kobe Bryant is from there also. Was. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> was, was. He wasn't. So, <laughs> so for, for a Sahara, this just further like convinces him that Armageddon really is near because this, this happened. I want to throw this in too, like right that that pre period, it had like a couple other things happening. Like before we, in the nineties, like in the early eighties, it had this. It, it was a big uh, period in Japan where people was making a shitload of money. Dude, it was like a big boom of money in Japan. So the money he was making from the cult and the money he was making from like all the followers and stuff like that. It, it, it was because of not just, you know, his charisma, but he was in the right place at the right time. Dude. It was, things was picking up. And what Khalid had mentioned, like, dude, I, I had read that part too. It was like looked at as this cult to the, the upper middle class. And it was like a very exclusive religion to be a part of. And people was, was coming at it like that you know despite the tens of thousands of people that was a part of it it was like a super inclusive did you guys read or see like he had run for parliament and he lose yeah so this is right before everything went went down too (laughs) he had like run for parliament he had run for a position in the the japanese government and he lose like terribly right and he was like kind of thrown off by that because he was like all these followers and you know he he didn't get any kind of votes and, oh i'm and, surprised by that to be honest yeah and and i was reading up on how he was recruiting people or his people were, were recruiting people they would target like young kids in in college getting in there like oh this is that was back then but currently they're still recruiting and i'll talk about that later just a little bit yeah. but um later story yeah so here we are failed politician but he want he he aiming for will domination dude (laughs) he aiming for something now we had the beginning of the 90s patty where we at right now so january 17th 1995 just passed and this this huge earthquake hits and over five thousand people die and he takes advantage of this moment to further drive the point home whether he actually believes it or not we don't know but to drive that point home that armageddon is close it's it's coming it's for real and it's coming and then march rolls around what was the exact date and this is still early 90s right 1995 
Oh, okay. And it's so weird, dude. Like, like I tell you, I remember seeing this guy, and it was like a vague memory. Um, I think it's March second. March second. Okay. No, wait, wait, no, that could not be. It was March twentieth, nineteen fifty, nineteen ninety-five. March twenty. Which is crazy because his birthday was March second, nineteen fifty-five. Yeah. So on March 20th, like 40 years after he was born, that is the day the attack takes place. And that is the day that if you didn't know about this cult, you knew about this cult. Because they had, what kind of gas was it? I'm sorry, that they used? Sarin? Sarin, yeah. Sarin, okay, yeah, I wasn't sure how to say that. They released that gas into the city subway system and they ended up killing 13 people, but thousands upon thousands were actually injured during that attack. Yeah, man. Here's some details I, I, I hear, and I'll put this guy video up because it was, it was interesting, dude. But like at the time, apparently somebody went into the buses, they start releasing the gases and the Tokyo authorities decided it might be best to shut the um, <laughs> the subways down and lock it down because they didn't know how it would uh, how fast it would spread. It was thousands upon thousands of people. This so this sarin gas is like so powerful, dude. Like the people that was running out or managed to escape from the subway area because they had it on their clothes. It was like spreading to people. Irony point, people went blind from that particular gas. Like he made people wow. blind. Like when they say I people, didn't even know that. Yeah. So people uh, people apparently went blind by the gas. It was like serious nerve damage. Apparently the injuries wasn't, at least some wasn't that slight, dude. And 13, I tell you, because you had 13 people die from this particular attack. And you like at least, unfortunately, with these the, the type of shit that go down these days, you don't think tooting is like that much people, you know. But yeah. dude, this was like horrific. <laughs> this was yeah. like tens of thousands of people in the area being affected by this particular gas, you know. And it never had any type of event like this in Japan before that time. No, Japan is a fairly low crime. They don't have a ton of crime in Japan, you know? Um, and then this happens. Guns is a thing, dude. No, I, I think you're, you're right. Because uh, yeah. Japan doesn't have a standing army, right? No, they do. No, uh, I think because of World War II, they weren't allowed to have an army. So I don't know if they actually have an army. No, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Japan have an army. All countries had an army, but I could be wrong. But we're, after World War II, certain countries weren't allowed to have a standing army. So I don't know. I have to double check Japan. I'll, I'll look it up. But look, uh, if um, symptoms of serine gas, you, uh, I see that there is runny nose, watery eyes, small pinpoint pupils, eye pain, blurred vision, drooling and excessive sweating, coughing, chest tightness. And I'm pretty sure for uh, those 13 people, death was. Uh, the last bit. I, I'm stuck at something. What was the point? 
to bring about the end to expedite to expedite the process yeah yeah, yeah to, to, to get it to get it, let a firecracker to start it off you know i don't think that the the intention was for him to get caught like i don't i don't think it was like you know I don't. I think he was gonna get away with it. I think he thought he would. He it would just slide. And I don't think. I think he was under the impression that it would create that level of mass hysteria that would have feed into his followers' belief in him. I don't think he was trying to, because he got blatantly caught, dude. <laughs> like it, it was just yeah. like bap, bap, bap. Like he got caught like within a couple months after the whole scene, right? And he was trying to say that his his followers, it wasn't him. He didn't order it. It was his followers who did oh, it. Oh, what a punk! Right. <laughs> right? So I what guess he proved that he is the one that you know, you know, predicted all of this. Look, it's happening. So, so because you know when the, the, the Hale Bob comment didn't pick those people up, you know, for like that cult we did last time, you have to rewrite the rules. This guy's like, I'm not rewriting anything. Something's going down. We're gonna make it happen. Yeah, yeah. he gets Heaven's the gate. police. Heaven's gate. Yeah. The police investigate some of their headquarters on May sixteenth, which was less than two months after, and then they find him in a very small, isolated room. So they uh, they did fear that these people were gonna come out fighting, and so they actually had the first airborne brigade of the Japan Ground Self force like on standby in case in case they needed their assistance oh and Khalid I just see that dude that's what they call it the Japan self-defense force that is basically the Japanese army and that's the armed forces that they have yeah apparently established in 1954 I wonder why yeah maybe it have something with the wooden or something like that dude I think you were saying had something to it yeah. Because Maybe. apparently you're right. Japan isn't legally allowed to have a military. Oh, how about that? But Japan has a military. <laughs> they just have it under a different name, apparently. And apparently it's a big ass military too, dude. Did you guys <laughs> did you guys read anything about his wife? No. No, okay. I know his I, last I... kid I'd read was born in 1978. Is know, that the um, one that wanted his ashes to spray them in the water? And they were like, nope. Is that the yeah. one? No, I don't know. I'm not too sure. Yeah. Oh, I had to hear that story. I didn't hear that. Yeah. I will. We, we, we didn't dance yet. And listen, so after the attack. Listen, all of this was happening during season two of Friends. And I have no <laughs> idea. You know, they didn't mention it in the show. I do not remember this at all. And what's funny is, you guys, he was arrested, but his trial was until the 2000s. And I think it was 2004. He appealed in 2011, and he was finally executed just 2018, four years ago. And I, I'm telling you, I've never heard of this guy, this cult, Honestly, any of it before, ever. Like, my recollection is in 95 was genuinely like when you guys mentioned that we're going to be doing this one and I start researching and I see his face, it like click. And I remember seeing images of this guy on the telly. I tell you around, it had to be around that time because it wasn't like DVRs or anything. So it had to be that, all right? 90s was an awesome blue, but it was like, I remember seeing that and I remember it was a, a, 
I remember the images on the TV had involved like a train station and stuff like that. And that's why I told bro, like it was the London attack and it had nothing to do with the London attack. It was like a whole different thing. It was like in Japan. Whole different train station. <laughs> whole different train station, buddy. An entirely mm-hmm. different train station. But yeah. So, and that was crazy too. So that trial went on for how long? Uh, I don't know how long the trial went on for. Let me see when it started. I know that he actually, the trial didn't actually end till 2004. Right. Don't quote me on that. So at least nine years. Patty, did you hear his disposition when he was in jail and in trial? No, no, Khaled, please tell me about it. Colin, were you aware of um, Ashaka's disposition? while he was in uh, uh, in trial no dude he went mute <laughs> he stopped he he disconnected himself from the world seriously I mean, honestly dude fuck this piece of shit like if you're gonna be if you're gonna be this much of a piece of shit i'm sorry and these have the fucking conviction to own up to it and be like these were my beliefs and this is what i believe that i stand by it don't hide in a little room and then go mute oh yeah. dude you didn't hear he stopped he went mute he stopped talking he stopped caring for himself he stopped oh, for eat. him he stopped eating oh no right mm-hmm. He stopped using the bathroom. They had to pamper him and change his pampers and stuff like that. No, no, why? No. Let him sit in that filth. Good Lord. No. That is crazy. (sighs) So how long did this go on for? How long was he like being a baby, basically? (laughs) He was reverting to the womb. Yeah. Dude, that's how it come across. He was like completely, he, he was done. He wasn't talking to anybody, I tell you, because it was him and a bunch of his close circle, right? Was being held on trial. Oh shit, I don't remember how much people was on trial with him. I yeah, know well, I know that six others from the full were executed along with him. Right. On so I know it was July 6th, 2018. Yeah. Yeah, man. So and for years that guy, I tell you, he didn't say a word. He died like just sit down there quiet, shitting himself. It was like insane, dude. Was he doing that till 2018 or like in the beginning? No, 2018. Remember, he got executed in what 2004? He got convicted in 2004. His final appeal took place in 2011, and he actually ended up being executed. I think he was hanged, right? On July 6, 2018. Yeah, they hung him. Okay. They hung him. I'm sure he pooped himself. Pooped himself one last time. Was he wearing a diaper when they hanged him? I have no idea. I just thought that was so crazy. Like he and I wonder too, dude, like if that was um if that was like any actual regret or anything like that. Or if that was you know. Like just him thinking that he's gonna meditate away into like a different dimension or something. He's an enlightened being. It's not that with a problem, <laughs> dude. But you guys heard that 
you know, he, he died, but his cult still continues, right? Yeah, let's, before we go into that, because I am really curious about the recruitment methods. I read a little bit, but I'm sure you have more information. Let's talk about his ashes. So apparently there's a full out war for his ashes. And when his last words before he's hanged is actually him saying that he wanted his ashes to be given to his fourth daughter. Apparently his fourth daughter is not with this cult shit and she wants to throw the ashes at sea. The issue is that other family members have come forward and tried to appeal this and they're saying, no, we want the ashes. And a lot of people believe that the reason that they want the ashes is so that they can put them in a place where followers of this cult can go worship the ashes. So while I'm here thinking, oh, throwing them at sea is way too nice, maybe that's her way to just dispose of them where people can't get to them to worship them, and that's the best thing to do. Um, but they, ashes on a toilet, and they can worship the toilet. And there they you go. Wow. But um, as of last year, they're still they're, they they haven't been given to anyone the ashes. Wow. So, so wait, who have the ashes right now? The detention center. Oh, God damn. Yeah. Okay, Khalid. Yes. Oh, no, I just, I just was reading up a little bit. Um, I started reading up on the cult. reading up on a story about a, a guy who was recruited by the cult. He didn't know it was a cult during the pandemic. But the name of the organization has been rebranded. What's the new name of it? Aleph. I mean, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm more than likely yeah. pronouncing it wrong, but I think it is probably. enough to. That's so, probably like, it. Like during this pandemic, people are stuck in home. They can't go out, whatever. And students are needing to go to college. So this one story that I was reading up on was this guy who couldn't meet people and they, they wanted to meet people. Bro, so I'm sorry. You're so, talking the last two years because this is pandemic yeah. time. Okay. Yeah, last, yeah. last two years. And he said that Somebody reached out to him saying they're from the college and they were older men. And he kind of found it suspicious that these people weren't young like him. He was trying to get the college experience and going to school in Japan. So come to find out as the time goes on, they start putting in their religious thoughts into their meetings, whatever it is. And come to find out that it's a it's a cult he didn't know what he was he was getting into so that's what i read up on a little yeah concern. i read that before the pandemic in person what they would do is let's say that you're a young person and you're in a bookstore because i read that bookstores and like subway stations were their main targets oh. they would they would go up to them and ask them hey are you interested in yoga and that was kind of the first step things like yoga and they would lure them in with that um, they wouldn't use the name Aleph. They wouldn't talk about the cult leader. They wouldn't talk about any of that. They would just say, hey, can you want to you wanna come to a yoga class with me? It's going to be a blast. Um, and they would kind of listen to what people were talking about. And the ones that they saw were interested in things like yoga or spirituality. Those are the ones that they would target. And that's kind of how they would start breaking them down. They would start building relationships with these, these young people without necessarily saying join our cult this is a spiritual thing nothing like that just breaking you know just regular conversation and then once they felt like they really really had them 
that's when they kind of pulled them in and told them, oh, do you want to join this group? It's, you know, trying to stay away from the bad things that they did. And, and a lot of people defend the cult members of this cult by saying that most of them didn't know what was going on, that this was a horrible thing and that they don't condone it. And so that's how they kind of start hearing people in. Wow. And uh, since you mentioned COVID, I read an article about what are the people that were in the doomsday cult, the couple that killed the kids? Do you guys remember what I'm talking about? No. Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow. I was actually reading an article about them. They were in a, they were in a doomsday cult and they ended up killing their children. You, there's a special, I think it's on 2020. I'm going to tell you which one it is so that you can watch it. But apparently the pandemic has been like, a really good time for cults in terms of recruitment, particular doomsday cults, because a major a major thing that doomsday cults use to target people and to get people in is fear. And people are scared shitless right now. They feel out of control. They don't feel like, like they don't know what's going to happen next. And it's a scary thing. So it's been a really good time, I hate to say that, for people in doomsday cults trying to lure people in. Um, and I read. I can imagine that. that and I read. Yeah, it has to be. And and you feel isolated too, and you're looking for a group to belong to. And I think that's the perfect thing. I read somewhere too, and I wish I remembered where it was. That all you really need to start a cult is one follower. If you get one person to believe you, you can have one person believe them, and so on and so forth. And that's really all you need. Um, so it's scary time, man. <laughs> Wow. Could you imagine um, Heaven's Gate or even this particular cult in today's age with the kind of social media it have and how how much more access you have through the media and through, through like YouTube and all that I shit? Have, I saw a special about that. Um, and I think that that's something that we need to talk about, social media and cults, because apparently... Cults before were something that you could pass on to somebody that was close to you. So maybe I could convince you as my friend, let's say I saw you at work, to join my cult, right? Mm. Now I can convince somebody in a whole other country because we have we can have a connection through online through the internet. And so cults are preying on kids that feel isolated, that are always on the computer doing certain things to join their cults because they feel part of a community. And that's really scary and sad. That is crazy, dude. Well, Talia, like, and I think we, we, we had like talk on this a little bit for the, um, we have in skate deal, but yeah, you get, you get the right set of vulnerable people, dude. And they're like ride or die. Like some of these people in these cults, they will like hang on mm -hmm. to this, bro. Mm -hmm. Hmm. They take the good parts and they just forget all the bad negative stuff and just continue. It's on. always it's always nice at first, right? Like mm -hmm. every cold every cold story starts the same. They never tell you the shit from the beginning. It always starts off nice and a story of belonging and you know. I I like the idea. I mean, so but he tenants are his particular religion that he had started, it was about the end of the world. It was about believing in Italia and he, he pick and choose. So Book of Revelation was there. There was like 
going specifically with the idea uh, on Judgment Day. And I guess it had to have like that whole ambition to have yourself right for the end of times, right? Yeah. That had to be like the for you to have like 10,000 people join the cult, dude. It had to have like some dude, good I think goal to it. You know what I mean? Like he had to be I selling think, something positive. I think at one point he had something like 60,000 people. Yeah. You know. Yes, he had to have something positive, but I think this ties in more to like the science, the Scientology. Like you're part of an exclusive group that has to do with money and, and status, and I think that's where I think that's where he really shines. Shown. Yeah, we'll go with shined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but for real, man. Yeah. 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 any um. Any closing thoughts on this particular cult, on this particular guy? The cult is like, is still going strong, dude. And I uh, like, I don't even know. Is it like politically incorrect for us to still refer to it as a cult, even though they rebrand the name? It doesn't matter. It's it's a terrorist. In some places, it's actually considered a terrorist organization. I'm pretty sure the U.S. is one of those places. So you don't even have to call it a call. You can call it a terrorist organization. There you go. There you go. Done. <laughs> What's your closing thoughts, buddy? Yeah, bro. I don't know. It's, 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 it's funny how people follow these guys. That's you know, just do whatever. You would watch all the full interview. Uh, Were you would uh, think about the interview, dude? I didn't watch that when I sent it to you. Like I didn't watch the full interview. It looked like it was a morning TV show, and they were interviewing this guy, and they seemed pretty, you know, excited about who he was and talking to him and asking him advice and his thoughts on life and death and stuff like that. Kind of turned off halfway through it. I finished watching. I'll, I'll go back and watch it later. But it was just wasn't too entertaining. I don't. I don't see the the appeal mm. to him, but they did, and that and goes to show you what the culture there at that time the 80s what they were into what they, this is their morning show this is what they were you're learning about i guess he was like a guru right mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's like a like yeah he was like a big popular what, what's the name of the dude right now he's like a super popular guru and he like on all the shows and but I actually hear some of his stuff and i read some of his stuff he actually kind of cool dalai um, lama Sounds like the beginning of a No, call. not Dalai Lama. Uh, Deepak Chopra. Oh. Yeah, no. He, 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 but I just picture Deepak Chopra in the 1980s. It's up you evil. You know, you super But this, evil. you know, this just goes to show you, last week's episode, we did Satanic Panic. Same kind of time frame. And here's this guy on TV doing speeches at universities running a fucking cult that's killing people, but because he presents a certain way, he's cool. And then you have kids in prison for life because they dressed a certain way that didn't commit crimes. I'm done. Influence on media, buddy. <laughs> right? Hmm. Yep. Fancy that. All right. Well, Patty, anything else on the? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Don't. I just kids. When you go to the bookstore, just be quiet. Don't talk about yoga. Order your yoga books online. I 
I did yoga for like seven years. I don't think I was in a cult though. No, I don't oh. think so. Nobody tried recruiting me, man. That's next week's episode. I was there for the ladies. You <laughs> <laughs> was there to prep for your new career. He had to recruit members for his OnlyFans. <laughs> for your OnlyFans. <laughs> Hot man. Well, I would join your cult. Yeah. I'll take you being that you'll be the number one. There you Thanks. go. Thanks. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>